Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. I'm with my good friend, Kat Larson. Hello, Kat. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, wherever you <laughs> yeah. are. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening. <laughs> That's right. We, we welcome you, and we're glad you're with us on this journey. It's fun to share with you, and thank you for your letters that you write in and share with us about your life and how you're doing. Very insightful. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was hearing someone say, always know that everybody is dealing with something. And uh, it, it, whatever you can do to lessen the burden, the better off you are. That's probably the best way to take it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So today we are going to have questions and answers for the doctor. And Kat, you are going <laughs> Go to Go ahead. You can start Kat. asking, Taylor. Oh, wait. That's me. Sorry. That's like, I, I, live, I live in this fantasy world, too. <laughs> that you're a doctor. <laughs> well, doctor. you get to ask the questions today. I do get to ask the questions today. That's kind of good. Uh, in the driver's seat. Okay. So- I have been working with and looking at uh, one of my clients that I'm coaching keeps talking about seeing this potential in this person Mm -hmm. Um, and getting disappointed that she's not, this other person is not stepping into the potential that she sees. Yes. So my question for you is what should that look like in terms of our investment? Because you can hang out a long time when you see somebody's, potential in something. And I just want to know, it's like, how long does it take people? Is it, is it wrong to go, you know what, (laughs) that's it. I'm done moving on. Or, you know, what are the questions around how long do I stay? What should I do? Can I enhance it? Should I draw it out of them? So I'd like you to just talk about that. Is that clear? That question clear? Uh, Very, very clear. Okay. Um, Actually it's had people dealing with that question, that that very question. And I think potential is a fantasy. I think, uh, it's, for example, there are people that are more talented in sports, and they are not typically mm-hmm. the ones who are the best. Because what makes you best in a sport is your discipline and your commitment to learning and understanding the sport mm-hmm. and being uh, in shape to be able to play it. So I think people get confused when they think potential is reality. Reality is only what evidence you have. It is not about what capability you have. And so I think when somebody ties themselves to a person based on potential, they're living a fantasy. It's a dream that's not going to be fulfilled in reality. Because when someone says he has potential, what you're typically saying is he's not there. He's not doing it. He's not showing it. He just has the potential to. And I'd be much more interested in what is he doing right now? What's the evidence of who he is right now before I bet on him? And of all the colors, the one that's probably seen the most often that has potential is yellow. There are lots and lots of people that will say, oh my gosh, the talent and the potential. And I'm like, well, that'd be great if it happens, but it doesn't mean much to me until I see evidence of it. Meaning today... What is that person doing that would lend me to believe that his potential will someday be realized? Mm -hmm. And I don't think the person you're talking about is seeing that evidence. All they're living is the fantasy. And that's on them. Like if they're choosing to stay connected to that, I think they're delusional because what they're not seeing is legitimate evidence of it happening. So so what you're saying is that you got to move on, basically. Potential is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is what are you seeing? What's happening? Not what could happen. 
Why do you, why do you think people talk about potential then? What is it for? Because they don't want to give it up. They don't want to. They. I mean, the reality is there is potential. It's not like someone doesn't have potential. But I hear that more and more. The older I get in my work, it's a fantasy of what could be. It is not what is. So if I see someone, let's just say someone in football who's really, really good at catching the ball and running fast, mm -hmm. but he's just, just caught up in very poor behaviors. Uh, he's, he's doing drugs and he doesn't show up on time. So they're telling me, yeah, but he has such potential. I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. He has a natural gift at something, but his daily discipline and evidence he's showing is not trustworthy. And most often, Kat, in relationships, mm -hmm. you'll be hurt by believing in potential. You'd be better off saying, I'm not interested in what you could be. I'm interested in what you're doing today. Say that it's one more time. Like, I'm not interested in what you could be. Right. I'm interested in what you're doing today. So where do you, where is the compassion or grace in people's growth in your mind? Well, you're always hopeful people will grow. Right. But if I'm tying my life to your potential, mm. that's shame on me. For whatever reason, I'm choosing to believe that's good for me. And to me, that's like a gamble. And do I believe in gambling? No, I don't think there's a reason lights are on in Las Vegas, right? Like the house is going to weigh in its favor. And I think people that are, that are potential are more like a gamble and a bet as opposed to people who are performing or doing. And by the way, if they're experienced and realized, mm -hmm. great, more than happy to see that be part of life. I, I'd be thrilled to see that come to fruition. We would all gain by that, mm -hmm. seeing someone very talented or whatever coming through. But until they're showing evidence of it, why would I tie myself to that? So, so I'm a coach and I'm seeing a kid that's got all this potential and he's on my team. What do I do? Here's what I expect. I want this and this and this now. It doesn't matter to me what your potential is. What I care about is what I'm going to see. And I know if you do those things, all those potential things could only enhance my experience. Mm. But if I don't see it, go give your potential to somebody else because I'm not interested. And by the way, what you're doing is disruptive to the team. Like you have been given greater gifts than even others I see out there every day doing what they need to do. And you refuse to do your part. Selfish, not acceptable. That's what I would say. And by the way, I always say to people, like if you're going to fire a, a client mm -hmm. or an employee, I'm sorry, or a, um, if you're going to fire an athlete, yeah, I always say, so how would I like to face them in competition? And if they're that good, I don't want to lose them. <laughs> but if I'm dealing with potential, I can lose them. I can beat potential with discipline and good evidence. So I always ask that question. How would it be to face that person in competition? And if they're not legitimate or solid and demonstrating good choices and habits now, I would be, have no problem facing them. You know, that's as you're talking about discipline and you're right now, I mean, the hardest hits I've ever taken, I think we've talked about this on the podcast, have been from you to me. Um, my my hits. And um <laughs> which, you know, Sorry. I want to say thank you. Um, from, with all my heart, I do really, I want to say that. And from my children, Thank those are the you. two places where I've taken the biggest hits from mm -hmm. my kids, um, and from you. And I have to tell you, I don't think I would have ever found discipline if I hadn't been hit that hard, like, like on the ground bleeding, feeling like, I know that mm -hmm. sounds dramatic, but it's not, it's like, 
You like true. roll up in a ball for a day. I did anyway mm. on mm-hmm. numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who am I? Who am I? Mm. You know? And yeah. And so I think as you're looking at that, that discipline and the potential and the, and the truth that you have to bring to somebody's life is what you're saying. Right. I don't want you if, if this is what it's going to be. Right. Or, or we if don't you're need gonna you. Choose this. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and in all fairness, like let's just take you for an example, Kat. The potential was limitless, honestly. So, so gifted in so many ways, but what's the point? Right. I'm just going to become more discouraged, right? If I'm playing to something that isn't happening. Right. And I'm, by the way, I'm not doing you any favors either. Because people that buy into potential and keep playing to that, all they're doing is extending the time. They're not holding them accountable today. They're saying, oh, in time, because your gifts, you could really be something. Well, that means nothing right now. If you really believe they have that, why not discipline them right now and or cut them free? You know, either one of those, right? But if you're looking with potential, uh, you're living with a fantasy. Great answers. Great answers to that question for the doctor. And I, and I do want people to, I want our listeners to know that if you're tying to potential, then you have ownership of your own. Like, what is it you're, why is it you're choosing to buy into something like potential versus evidence of what is. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And you did mention the issue of compassion and grace. That's not gone. I mean, no one's saying, I hate the person. I don't want them in my life. None of that. I just don't trust them because they're not doing anything to give me reason to trust them right now. Gosh, I love how you tie trust to potential and to building relationship. So let me just stack a question on here then uh, on top of that. So, so in your model, when you live in your limitation or the limitation of another color, we've gone through this. Mm. That's when people kind of have sick behavior, right? Right. How do, how do you help that person when they don't see it as sick behavior? What do you do? Well, I like to tie it to congruence. Like I like to say to them, here's what you do and here's the consequence. Mm-hmm. So if that's not what you intended it to be, that's what you're doing. That's what's actually happening. So if that's uh, if you're unaware of that, I'm now educating you that that's what's happening. And if you can't see that, then you're not caring enough to even look at it because I'm not making it up. And if, in fact, you do see it and you don't care, that tells me even more about who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's your role. That's your work. But the difference is I'm not going to let you do that to me. Like, I understand you may choose to stay in a sick behavior. Obviously, I believe in agency, but not at my expense. Does that make sense? Yes. So I would want them to get better by showing them how what they're doing creates ill effect. But if they don't choose to act on it and repair it and get congruent, then that's fine, but not at my expense. I never want to lie to a client. I always want to say to them what I see and how I believe that will impact their life. So that perhaps down the road, if they don't embrace it now, Later, they'll be able to say, he, he was right. He didn't lie to me. That's true at the time. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And so, so as you're looking at the world, so you, I want to ask you a question as we're looking at this. And you work in corporate America quite a bit, right? Right, right. Tell me, like, as we look at the world of business today, what's happened through COVID with generational stuff, what's going on? What do you think are the biggest things happening in corporate America that are making people not want to buy into uh, work? You know, like, because here's what I hear. 
I want flexibility. I don't, I, you know, they kind of beat the crap out of you. What are companies doing bad and what are companies doing good in the world today? Well, it's interesting. One of the things that I've really liked is there is a better balance of life. We probably erred on the not being as strong a team player as we could be. Mm-hmm. That's the negative. Um, what's in it for me is more important typically today than it was um, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the fact that people are saying, I want more from life than just work, uh, which I like. So some of them are saying just quality of life. I want to be able to do things in my life outside of work that are meaningful. But the negative of that is that I do think some people take advantage. But I also believe that, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're working at home or you're working at the office. You are who you are in your own character. Mm-hmm. And you will make it successful. And people that are legitimate, wherever they work, they're going to be more effective. Some people are actually more effective working at home because they're not bothered by the daily drama mm-hmm. of what's happening in the office. And other people need the structure uh, to be effective uh, in the office. So, and depending on the job, um, all of that makes a difference. So I think if people get honest with themselves, they find that uh, it, it actually has enhanced the opportunities and the possibilities uh, of being more effective with your work. On the other hand, it's also loosened some of the requirements of that and been less productive and less effective. They always go back to motive. Always. Like the boss that wants to control you mm-hmm. and micromanage you mm-hmm. is going to be less effective and get less work out of somebody than the boss who has confidence and trust, but also holds you accountable Mm -hmm. to performance. So today, I think it's better to say, here's the outcome I need to see. How you get there is on you. If you can't get there, though, that also tells me you're not the right person for the job. But if you can get there in your own way, and it makes sense, and it's, it's supportive of our principles and values as a company, I'm all for it. And then I talked about the team building connection. I do find that the company's that enhance the quality of life of their their people mm-hmm. tend to have better success. There's more of a desire to work as a team or support the company as opposed to just them themselves. 50 years ago, Kat, there were so many, many employees that they gave up themselves for the company. And then there was a betrayal that happened uh, 2008, 2009. Mm, yes. Yes. A lot of employees were told, sorry, you're out. And, and I don't totally fault the company mm-hmm. like in all fairness you can't pay the bills you can't pay the bills mm-hmm. and you have to let people go but there were people who said i gave you my life and you just cut me out mm-hmm. so then things shifted to where people are more like what about me as opposed to the company i prefer the blend like you really do commit to the company and the team and you want to grow other people but you also are finding time for your own life and it's funny you say this because we just had a conversation with a company president the other day and he was saying that what he found is that if people are liking where they're working, then they will actually work harder between seven and five and go home and have a better healthy home life. We'll kind of meander through the day, seven to eight, mm-hmm. but they're messing up their home life and they're really not that efficient and effective at work when they could be. Oh. So they're creating an atmosphere that says, let's be efficient and effective and let's also have our own healthy home life, which I like. That That's good. I'm taking a notes. Um, okay. So I have a question that I deal with when I'm working with coaching clients. It seems to be that there's this loneliness alone feeling in the world today. Have you noticed that? Yes, very much so. 
And can you just speak to why and maybe some steps to look at it differently or maybe frame it differently? You know, COVID really did a mind shift for a lot of people uh, being cut off from other people. I think we realized how much more social humanity is by nature Mm -hmm. than not. And I do think that because of people's ability to choose not to be with someone, Mm -hmm. it makes them much more vulnerable to being alone. Mm -hmm. And as you know, there's loneliness and there's alone. And alone can be a wonderful experience and loneliness can be not Mm -hmm. so wonderful. I I think that in order to not feel lonely, you've got to commit to something bigger than you. There's got to be a reason to get up in the morning to go connect or be with or help out with. Uh, that makes loneliness less pronounced than when people are guarded, uncomfortable, risking, unwilling to reach out, um, to participate in something. They seem to be more vulnerable to being lonely in their lives. And people that are more uh, willing to risk, be vulnerable, uh, ask, um, connect, they seem to find places to connect with other people. And it's also personality-wise. There are some personalities that just really need connection more than others. And it's interesting to me, there's a young man I'm working with who is blue. Mm -hmm. He wants a relationship Mm -hmm. very much, but he's also very critical. Uh, And so he makes it almost impossible to get the thing he wants the most because once he gets close to someone, he starts criticizing things they do. Mm -hmm. And the the last comment he made to me was, I'm not even sure if she flosses, and that's a problem for me. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, here's the problem I have with you. You want a relationship, but you are so critical of specific things that are going on that rather than pursue that to resolve it, you may end up alone again. And at the end of the day, is that really more important to you than being connected? So I do think that people don't realize, again, how they get in the way. I have to tell you, our audience will love this because remember the man who couldn't stand the, the dog that was coming over? Yes, on his yes. Lawn? <laughs> oh, there's the rest of the story. Oh, gosh. He comes back and says, I went outside when the dog was there with his owner and I asked his name and I waved to the man who I couldn't stand. <laughs> and he said, I realized you all helped me see I was the problem, not him, and certainly not the dog. And he goes, you know what's so fun about this now? I honestly don't look for that time when I expect him to be out there going on my property. I could care less. It's irrelevant to me anymore. I have freed myself so dramatically by by owning that I was the problem and not him. It was so mesmerizing. I got to tell you, saw somebody get over himself. And free himself at the same time. So, I want the dog to poop incident. I love it. Yes. We need to blog on that one. Yes, sure. it's just such a great comment. Oh my! That he gosh. was so sure it was the dog and the other guy, and yet his wife didn't trust him because he was so angry. He was obsessed with this. Looked for it all the time on the ring camera. Mm-hmm. So he'd go out there and <laughs> get irritated by it. And he said, "It's funny. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. It's it's like I." I don't know what I was thinking. I, I look at it now and go, that's crazy. So for our listeners, I want you to know that is the golden moment in your life when you can actually say, I'm free. I'm yes. free. I no longer hold myself hostage or even worse, 
allow other people to hold me hostage. That's the freedom that we're talking about. So good. I'm so glad that guy. What what a beautiful story. It's a great um, story. Uh, okay, time for one more? Yep. Okay. This isn't a question. I want you to tell me about your beliefs around this and then um, to uh, support or, or unsupport it. <laughs> um, okay. How you do one thing is how you do all things. Oh, I like that. Uh, I would agree with that, actually. Okay. I would agree with that. My gut says I would agree with that. I think that if somebody is... Flaky, they tend to be flaky in many things, not just one. I think if someone is sincere, they tend to be sincere in all things, not just one thing. I think if they are giving, they tend to be giving in all things, not just one thing. I would agree with that concept. If they are judgmental, they tend to be judgmental wherever they go. If they're thorough, like it's interesting, my wife, is so good at follow-through and depth. Mm-hmm. It is going to get done well. And, um, <laughs> I mean, our Christmas is done. All the gifts for the uh, friends and family are done. Now? She is, uh, now. Like she, is, she is, she just, she makes these cookies that are so remarkable. So she comes up with a way to package it like Martha Stewart. Like, you'd look at this gift and say, oh, my gosh. And then all she has yet to do is at, when it's Christmas time to bake the cookies, to actually do it. And she's got um, the ingredient package for everybody and the things that go with that. Um, you know, the the turner, the flip, flipper, the she has so many a spatula. Thank you. She's just so thorough. So when I mentioned her, this thing I was trying to do, she spent four hours literally that night coming up with ideas that would make it work, like ideas to make it happen. She's that thorough. And I think in all things, she's that way. She loves that way. She commits that way. It's thorough. So, yeah, I would go with that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I do. I think you can not live in truth on it very, very easily. And I think it's like how you approach anything. It's a truth that I don't like. (laughs) Well, that's a fair point. You know, it's interesting. The company I would work with, and these are all blue-collar guys. Like, they're just great guys. and. They would literally go out to the applicant's car and look at how they kept the car before they would hire them because they wanted order and cleanliness and um, self-respect. And so people that would come to the interview, they have no idea this was happening. But the way they were as a team, just orderly, disciplined, self-respecting, if your car was kept messy, they wouldn't hire you. So. That kind of goes to your point of how you are across the board, right? Yeah. You think you can compartmentalize and you can't. I mean, I, I don't, my, my experience, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately you are who you are across the board. Okay. Oh. That's it for today. Listeners. Thank you so much. We enjoy you always and love having you part of our journey together. So keep your questions coming. Kat, always a pleasure. Always. Talk to you all soon. Love Bye you. Now. Bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number 
and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.